0: Two experts in ICF. Yeah. Decades of experience. Uh-huh. One podcast. Yeah. Two hosts with a lot to say. Look, I cannot sit through a struggle. I gotta get up and hustle. I gotta push through the pain. Cause really that's how you build muscle. Welcome to the Build with
1: ICF podcast with your hosts Trevor Brown and Heather Herring Brown. Yep. They're a package deal. With over 20 years of ICF installation experience, Trevor can throw down some expertise on sales, marketing, and training. On the other side of the table sits Heather, AKA the girl boss, and she's earned the title as the owner of an award-winning ICF construction company, a drafting
0: and design company specializing in ICF. And the numbers, with a master's in accounting, she does that too. Sleeves up, boots on this is the build with icf podcast i don't want nothing for free i'm here to work been through the dirt. i've been through the dirt
1: yeah
0: welcome back
1: yeah episode eight
0: episode eight and i verified it this time it is actually <laughs> eight i guessed on the last one seven and it was seven so lucky me i guess but uh no, I, um, last one was great. Had our first block company on with uh, Superform. If you haven't listened to that, go back and listen to it. It was very uh, educational about uh, Superform and how they got started and things like that. It's a good good insight into kind of what their company is about and their block. So um, we're it's the first of many. We're hoping to get every block company we can on here. So if you guys have any requests or anything or, or know anybody in the business or if you're in the business and listening to this podcast and you want to get on here, then hit us up, shoot us a DM or... Uh, Send us,
1: us yeah. Send us an email, info at buildwithicf.com.
0: Getting a lot of emails. We are. We are. It's, it's great. It's really crazy. Like I said, we've, we have another podcast that we plug every time, uh, the Reek Havoc podcast. If you want to hear me get a little crazier and a little more explicit, um, it's a, a sales business and marketing podcast that we do. Uh, we've been doing it for about five years now um, on all the same platforms and everything. Uh, and and uh, crazy to see the the immediate growth of this podcast and the popularity, the activity like it's 10 times more mm-hmm. uh, as far as people reaching out to us every single, you know, we launch on Fridays, every weekend, you know, we're returning emails and answering emails uh, are coming in. So really very really impressed and just a huge amount of uh, downloads. I mean, that's kind of how you obviously register, or, you know, gauge everything and our downloads are great. So I'm really excited, but um, one of the, the big ones that we uh, are getting asked, and we're just getting a lot of contact, uh, especially via the email and DMs, um, we're seeing, you know, DIY questions. Yeah, Huge amount of people. We know that. This industry, um, you know, been in it for, you know, over 20 years now, and, and it really did start, when I first got into it, it was very much promoted as a DIY product. That was kind of how ICF, you know, was was promoted from the beginning like hey you can do your own foundations you can do your own basement walls you know um and it kind of evolved into what you can even do your own above grade walls and now you can do your own yeah so there it just kind of it went and then obviously contractors got involved and it's become more of a contractor product now but i mean we still have a a huge number of diy customers um so i think we decided this episode would be kind of go over the uh, the DIY pitfalls. Yeah, uh, kind of you know. the
1: do's and don'ts of DIY.
0: Yeah, the stuff we hear about. Yeah, the, you know, I mean, this, these are things uh, you know. As a consultant, I do you know I do consulting, and we go to the job sites and and help DIY people um, you know figure out. Get them trained, you know, and, and we, I, I always say we can offer as much or as little help as you want. Um, and we may go out and just do a training and leave. Um, sometimes they will hire us to come at multiple trips and just say, you know, we'll have you come out at the uh, beginning, middle, and end. And these are kind of some of the things that we've seen. Yep. I mean, when we go out there and then calls we get from people saying, hey, I tried to do this myself and these are the problems I had. So kind of like to think that our eyes and ears can basically maybe stop some of these problems that people have been having. I mean, it's, something that we've talked about all the time.
1: Yeah, because it's something that, you know, there's there's various levels of DIY um, uh, in building your own home, and people have been um, building their own homes in, in some form or fashion, you know, since the beginning of time, and, and have various forms of uh, involvement. And I think with ICF people, I mean, it's super simple, but you don't want to oversimplify it or... Make it more difficult than it has to be. So we we put together kind of a list of things to start with.
0: Yeah, and um, I'm going to move one ahead. We we made a list of it, but I do think I'm just going to start since you mentioned the overthinking and mm-hmm. underthinking mindset is a big part of this. And and I've seen both sides of it, and I've seen both sides not work. You have to be kind of in the middle. I've seen people underthink it, um, where they're just like, oh, these are Legos for for big kids, and this yeah. is awesome. I used to play with Legos when I was a kid. And there's a lot of truth to that, a lot of truth to that. And um, I tell people all the time, it's like, that's why I've been in this industry so long is because to me, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's big Legos for big kids. And that's, you know, more my style Mm -hmm. than than brain surgery, but um, it makes it really easy. Mm -hmm. But that also can be deceiving to people when they think, Oh, it's going to be really easy because guess what? You can still make them crooked. They can still be square, you know, out of square, things like that. So we're going to go over that. But the, the, I honestly feel like the biggest thing I've seen over the years in the industry, um, and this, this is not just DIY guys. This is your subs. This is your engineers. This is your, your, uh, draftsmen, your, G, yeah. your, your GCs. Overthinking is probably the, the biggest, um, the, you know, the biggest prop, uh, opponent to, uh, to ICF is the overthinking. And I say that all the time. Don't overthink it. Don't overthink it. And um, so there's definitely a happy medium. Be, be a little concerned. Make sure you're learning everything, but don't overthink things. So it's it's been probably the hardest thing that people try to do, They're like, oh then I gotta do it. And you're like, nope, it's just a form. It's it, yep. yeah. Square is square, whether it's a two by four or it's a it's a it's ICF, uh, you know, a square is still a square. Three, four, five method, whatever you do to figure out your square. You know, a square still has to be square. A wall still has to be level. Mm-hmm. It still needs to be the right height. That the measurements of windows still need to be in the same place. It's it doesn't change anything. The cutting tools are different, but it literally is the same thing. You still have to know square, level, plumb, all that stuff uh, to make sure that the wall is is straight. So, don't overthink it. Um, what I mean, you you speak. What What's the number one first thing they have to do?
1: Well, so from my perspective, you know, being being a general contractor um, and also owning a drafting and design company, what we see people do a lot of times is they find a plan online somewhere, and they're like. Oh, I really like this plan. I can just buy this plan online and then I'm just gonna convert. I'm just gonna use it for ICF. Totally different. You sometimes you can. I'm I'm not saying you can't, but the biggest thing is is our forms are, you know, eleven to thirteen inches and, and you know, wide and they stay in place versus a two by six exterior wall. So the measurements are different. So you don't wanna just purchase a plan online that you think is gonna be cool and is gonna work. you you're gonna have to do some conversions and, and for your permitting and for your inspections the whole way through, you're, you're going to have to convert those to ICF.
0: Yeah. And depending upon, you know, what uh, DIY people that are maybe not have been not done this before don't understand is that those that's your Bible, those yes. plans. And, and, and don't get me wrong. Trust me. I, I managed the Western 11 states and I've seen, uh, I can tell you some crazy stories from Wyoming to some crazy stories in California on both ends of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. You know, I've seen stuff in Wyoming where they draw it on a napkin and, the, oh, there's the, some places, and, and they're like, Hey, good job. Okay. That's good enough. And then there's places in California where you got to have seven engineers to pass yep. over every little thing you do. I mean, it's, it's, you know, you have to submit what kind of toilet paper you're going to put in the bathrooms. I mean, it's, it's, just, this might be an exaggeration, but <laughs> it feels like it sometimes. So, I mean, yeah. there's, there's full sides of it. So, so the best thing you can do to set yourself on the self on the right path is have a set of plans and stick to them. Yes. They're going to walk up to the job site every time, no matter, no matter what inspectors there, whether it is your you know, electrical framing, you know, concrete, you know, foundation, footing, inspection, whatever it is, everything they're going to walk up, they're going to want a set of plans handed to them and they're going to want to look at them and they're going to say, okay, this is, and they want it to look like what's on the plan. Um, the minute you start monkeying around with something, you're going to flip a red flag on your job site because they're going to say, oh, he's already, you know, he or she is not Doing it the way it says on the plans. Now they just disregard the plans, and you're screwed. So make sure that you you one get the right set of plans, yeah. and, and and that may even come down even if we want to get even more specific. <clears throat> excuse me. You yeah. will even within the ICF plan world, um, make sure you've made your decision, or try to make your decision on what block you're yes. going to use, because there are different sizes of blocks. And like Superform was on last week, they said. You know, they're a twelve-inch block. They're a twelve-inch high block. That's pretty rare. Most most block companies out there are sixteen. Some of them are twenty-four. Yeah, uh, or eighteen. Or I mean, there's different sizes of heights of block, which means are different sizes of lengths of block, and their corner sizes are different. So, a good drafting company is going to adjust that for you. Um, that you know, they're going to if they're familiar with ICF, they're going fi- to ask you what brand, and then they're going to basically put that detail on there so that you know uh, that not only is that going to help you with the inspectors, but it's going to help you with your waste and your cost. Mm -hmm. So you want to keep, most DIYers are trying to keep the cost down, right? It's a budget thing. So if you want to keep the budget down, the best way to do it is use as little amount of block as possible and to maximize every little piece of that block. So by doing that with a good set of plans, you're not cutting the block and wasting it. You're using it and putting windows and doors at the right location that, that maps out maybe your your leg on your corners puts it at one foot four inches maybe it's not just a t- one two three or four foot increment maybe it's one foot four I know that some of the brands that's their length of so we have to go in a one foot four increment mm-hmm. and then add four feet or add two feet or whatever increments to make sure that wall lands perfectly and, yep. and reduces cuts and,
1: and you can do I mean don't take this where you have to make it like super simple for, you know, uh, uh, make it look like a bunker and perfectly square. You, you don't, uh, you can do anything you want. I tell our clients all the time that they're limited by their imagination and their checkbook. And you know, there are ways to keep costs down and there are things that you can do, (coughs) excuse me, (coughs) that don't cost a lot, um, to give your home character and stuff like that. But you know, even a step further, what you were talking about actually do call, We, we have a binder on, on all of our job sites and it is the Bible it's the Bible for that job. If it's not in the plans and it's not in the binder, it's probably not going to happen on the job. Right. So and the
0: way you do, I mean, to even get more specific, to give a little pro tip, you put a clear plastic tote on every job yes. site that you keep that binder and the plans and anything that an inspector, mm-hmm. anybody needs to see all your permitting and all that goes Spec in that. Spec
1: sheets, ma- everything is in there because there's the, it, it is the Bible. It is what is going on on that job.
0: And I would even say putting, you know, on an ICF job, putting an install manual yes. for the brand of block that you're using yeah. in that.
1: Because we have found like there's there's inspectors that come out and where you're talking about, you know, don't overthink it. We have inspectors that come out that overthink oh, it. Oh
0: God, really overthink it. Yeah.
1: They they don't understand it and, and or, you know, they haven't seen it that much. They've heard about it. And so You know, we've been doing it long enough that now we get phone calls when when inspectors see it, when we've built in their jurisdiction, and, you know, they'll be like, oh, hey, you know, I saw this one going up. I heard, um, you know, I I heard it was you, so I just wanted to call and get some more information on this job from you or whatever. Um, You know, it's building that reputation, but... Really educating your inspector and having that information so they can look it up is, is imperative.
0: Yeah, and I, I'm i going to, if we go a little over, I'm gonna, I still have to add this story in because I think this says more than anything about inspectors. This was an issue that came up years and years ago, and I've actually used this story with other inspectors and been able to get them to go, oh, okay, I see what you're saying. Because of the overthinking, I had a guy one time, and we, I got a call from a contractor, and it just, luckily enough for me, it was in in uh Boise where I was living at the time and so we and and the guy calls says hey there's an inspector here and he's shutting down this job until I give him engineering on the block on on the actual block that we're using and I said well you we don't have engineering on the block like we wouldn't do that I go that's not it's just a form and he's like well he's red flag he's red tagging us until that happens I said hold on I said is he there and he's like yeah I go can I talk to him like let me so I said uh, I'm going to you know I'm going to run up there. I said I can be up there in 20 minutes. You know, and he's like, "All right, cool. I'll 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 be here." So I went up to the job site and we basically sat there. I I said I walked up and I said, "Okay. Just just to clarify here, this is a basement walkout basement job. Um I said we're going to and they're actually stick framing above this one. it wasn't a full build." And I said, "Okay, so we're we're looking at the forms. I said, "You want uh you want me to produce as the manufacturer's rep you want me to produce engineering on our block that shows the engineering on this block and he says yeah so what, what do you want me to show he says well i you know it's gotta have engineering and i go okay so it's an eight inch monolithic concrete wall with the rebar spaced exactly how it would be on any other concrete wall i said so if we pull these down right now and i go and get my wood forms and we bring my wood forms back are you going to require me to give you engineering on those pieces of plywood that we're using for our wood forms and he goes well No. And I go, why? And he goes, because they're just forms. (laughs) Yeah. I go, and I just kind of looked at him for a minute, and he goes, okay, I see what you're saying. I go, yeah, it's an 8-inch monolithic wall. I don't care if I hold it with cereal boxes. As long as I put 8 inches of concrete with rebar spaced on the correct spacing, I can't remember what that one was. It was 24 by 16 or whatever it was. The spacing of the rebar, number four rebar, everything was called out by the engineer. Was in that wall, no different than any other monolithic yeah. concrete solid wall. Um, you know, there, there was they had no argument. And sometimes you just have to remind them that, like, hey, this is just a form holding the concrete until it gets hard. We could take the con, we could take all the forms down at the end. And, and let me backtrack a little bit because we will probably get into this, and I'm I'm already seeing the comments. Um, <laughs> There are post and beam ICFs out there, um, you know, and we will, I'm, I'm not sure if we'll have them on here, if they'll talk to, you know, what we'll do. They're kind of a a different, um, uh, you know, I'm trying to be good about this, but I'm not a big fan of, you know, I mean, it's, it, it will change that. So that does not pertain to a, you know, what we call a waffle or a post and beam, um, style icf there are icfs that you will see out there that to, to reduce the concrete they only have concrete running through them in, in a post uh-huh. and beam style and the foam is all the way through um, And and like i said i may see if we can get someone on to explain those uh, in a more positive light i'm not a, a big fan of them i have not had good luck with them um and they don't have the same engineering there's some more engineering hurdles because of the fact that they are not a solid concrete wall um, so that my argument doesn't work for those, but when you're using a standard monolithic concrete uh, ICF, then it it is. So, so don't let that get you with the engineers. But um, I mentioned too putting the the um, installation guide in the in the deal. Yes, there are installation guides for every brand you yes. use. I am blown away at how many times I go to a DIY job and I ask them, okay, did you did you you know do you have an installation guide here? Oh, no, no, I I don't. Did you read the installation guide? I kind of looked it over.
1: Did you did you take <laughs> any of their online training? Because I swear every single ICF. Almost every company brand has offers training. it. Yeah. And they
0: have YouTube channel mm-hmm. and they and have
1: live trainings.
0: Dude, you can do hours and hours and hours of training for almost every brand out there. And and not to even I mean, I've even had some people because there's some some brands have better information than others. The install process is Pretty much the same with everybody. I mean, it, it's a it's going to be very very similar. You are not going to waste your time watching another brand's installation video no. um, and learning as much as you can. The fact that people don't. <laughs> Take the time, you know, they're building, they're, they're saving all this money by not hiring a, a general contractor. They're not hiring, you know, and even if they're going to do their own stack and not even hire stackers or anything, they're saving a ton of money. I mean, an install can run you, you know, if you do your own install, you could be saving anywhere from 20 to $50,000 yeah. in installation charges and maybe But more if you on don't, if you house. don't do
1: it right, you're going to cost yourself right. way more than that.
0: Oh yeah. Hundreds of thousands of dollars. So yeah. why you wouldn't take a Saturday and just cram a bunch of information or, or, Take a half hour of every couple of days and just watch a YouTube video or take an online course. Uh, you know, a lot of them you can actually uh, sign up for actual webinars or live webinars where you can ask questions to the inst- you know the trainer. Um, right, right, at your computer. So, so there's there's no excuse for you to not be educated on. The block you're using, and ICF in general, and just have a ton of information. I and I've on the other side to their credit, I've walked on the job sites where guys were like, "Yeah, I watched this video." Watch, it. yeah, and I saw that they did this, and I was like, "Oh, that's yeah."
1: Uh-huh.
0: I don't even do it that way, but that's a pretty good way to do it. If you want to do it that way, I, you know, that's a good idea.
1: I think you know, taking the trainings, reading the install manual, I think that's part of you know the research that you do and picking your block. Um, but you know, that's that's my opinion. I, I look at <clears throat> we had a we had a client a few years ago that. Was doing a DIY. I think it was a shop, wasn't it, behind his house?
0: Mm. Yeah. Okay. I know. Yep.
1: Yeah, doing a DIY. So we supplied him with the block. We we drop off a, an install manual along with it. But he's an architect. He's drawn plans. He understands how the ICF works. He's engineer. Yeah. Uh, oh, he's an engineer. Okay, sorry. He understands how how it all works. And then Well his house was
0: built out. We had built. We had supplied the product on his house. <clears throat> prior, yeah, but he had fifteen years prior. But he had a general the, contractor on his house, right? That did and, it. But so he felt like because he watched his house get built fifteen years prior, he knew how yeah. to do it.
1: Yeah. So then, but he still hires you know you and our crew to come out for the poor correct? And to, to put up the alignment and all that kind of stuff. And I just remember the guys going out there and, and starting to put up the alignment, going, "Wait a minute, we have a web down here at the footer, but we don't have a web." On Like, he didn't line up his webs. He just, he was super efficient with his block because he did not line up the, yes, but he didn't line up the webs, which created an issue for the alignment system, the poor, creates an issue the whole way down the line. And he was somebody that you had worked with in the past, we had supplied block to, but he just he underthought it. Yes. Yes. Because he thought severely. he could
0: just figure it. Yeah. And it was it was one of those things where we went and we told him I mean he was a great guy and he, and he like we put the alignment up and we go see how there's a straight line where we attach our alignment with screws to the wall. Well, if there's no web there, we're just screwing into styrofoam. We don't have a way to attach this because it, it's either touching at the bottom or touching at the top.
1: Well, and a step further, your studs in a regular build have to line up. right? You know, and so your you can rock, attach to and you. siding. Your siding's going to hate
0: you. Like, I mean, yeah. So like lining up your webs are very important. Make sure they're lined up. I have people all the time. Oh, that's not that big a deal. Yeah, it is. Um, but being able to, you know, that's all stuff that comes in the training. It's all stuff that's in the manual. It's in the web. But, or, you know, it's on the web. You can look up all this stuff uh, and, and just download the, per, you know, stuff that you think is pertinent to what you're doing. You can even download, um, you know, the, the different things for your subcontractors and yes. give them yep. out, out of the installation manuals.
1: Which I really do think if you're going to DIY this, whether you're going to... um hire a stacking crew and you're, you know, you're kind of GCing your own job, or if you're doing, you know, physically doing the labor and then you're hiring other people to come in and fill in where, you know, you can't electrician, plumbers, HVAC, whatever, you know, I think taking the trainings, reading the install manual, having that information, it's going to help you talk to those subs Mm -hmm. and educate them because a lot of times they don't know. So they just throw on a, a, you know, a CYA fee just to just to cover their ass to make sure that they're you know covering all their costs because they don't understand it fully it's not more difficult it you compare it to a basement if they've framed a basement you know the interior walls on a basement or they've done plumbing and electrical and mechanical all that stuff in a basement it's pretty much the same thing
0: yeah they yeah they're they're definitely the uh Guilty of the overthinking part yes. of it a lot, and and I I'd say less and less. I mean, when you look at over the years I've been in it, I mean, at the beginning it was like you couldn't find one guy that that knew how to work with ICF. Now it's pretty hard to find someone that hasn't worked with yeah. it. And sometimes I would, you know, I will warn, uh, you know, on, on DIY. And there, there's obviously levels, like you talk about. There's levels of DIY. Uh, I think there's kind of three levels of DIY. I think you've got the the. The full blown DIY guy that's gonna do everything from beginning to end and you know, and they're you know, and, and we've got guys like that. You drop off the product, they don't want any, you know, guidance, they're just like thanks, see you later. Uh-huh. And they they work on it usually a little slower process, but that's what they're doing. They're just kind of chugging along, working at their own pace and doing as much of it as they can. And that's a true DIY, DIY guy. Um, I think the, the next level is you've got, um, DIY with some consulting, which is what we do a lot of. Um, that's, you know, part of our business model is the consultation part. So it's like a DIY guy wants to save. He does you know, he's, he's not going to hire a stacking crew. He, you know, he's going to save that 30 grand and he's going to pay us, you know, five grand to come out and do, you know, help him at the crucial times to just educate and inspect and make sure everything's going to go well. Um, And that kind of gives them still, you know, they're still actively stacking, but they have some oversight from someone that knows what they're doing, whether it's us or another company or another installer. Um, And then um, you've got somebody that's going to actually kind of, general contract it out to multiple subs and you're going to save you're basically what you're saving is the, the GC fee, which is usually somewhere between, you know, 15 and 20% basically is what you're going to save. And you're going to hire a stacking crew uh, to come and stack it for you. Mm -hmm. You're going to hire, you know, you're going to manage it the job yeah. and you're going to do that part yourself, but you're going to hire an electrician. You're going to hire a, a, you know, a, a framer to come in and put the trusses on. So, so there's a lot of that. So there's kind of three levels of DIY. And I think that um, if you're getting into the, any of the levels where you're going to have subs, um, you're, you need to make sure that you're um, working with subs who are, you know, preferably excited to work with ICF because a, a a lot of the subs that do work with it understand there's a lot of benefits to working with it. Our electrician loves it. It's faster than drilling holes through a stud. You can basically just take an electric chainsaw, which now every brand, Milwaukee, DeWalt, <laughs> yeah. Makita, they all make a cordless chainsaw now. You take a cordless chainsaw and you just buzz a line anywhere you need to take the the uh, wire. Um, you know, No conduit needed, none of that. You just basically push it right into the foam. Um, I know guys do it differently, so I'm sure I'll hear comments about that, but yeah, I've seen, I've seen guys that take out whole chunks and then put in conduit, whatever you want to do is fine the way we do it and have done it for Twenty plus years is we just cut the foam and we push the romex right into there. We hot knife out our boxes um, and we basically put our you know everything right in the foam. It's super fast, way faster than cutting buzzing holes through studs. Um, our sheetrockers like it because they don't have to cut back their sheetrock at every joint because they can just overrun it past a you know come back two inches, whatever it is, screw into the web, butt the next one and then go. There's there's solid subst- substrate behind it, so the sheetrock joints aren't going to fail. So you don't have to have a joint on a stud the joint can be between the studs um handling you know and that that's important because because i do get probably some of the bigger calls we get is hey i I just got phone my electrician he's going to double my price or he's just not going to work with it or he doesn't he's he's really complaining about he's making it hard bounce that guy and go to another guy Trust me. There's another electrician that loves working with it. There's, you know, and I'm sorry if it's your brother-in-law or whoever it is. You know, another part of our consultation and things that we do in educating, and you can even reach out. A lot of times, you can reach out to your uh, your block companies. uh, territory manager or your rep that you work Mm -hmm. with Um, your distributor 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 has a rep that he can go to you know the rep can go to his technical department you know there's a lot of resources out there but a lot of times um, you know i spend a lot of times on the phone with subs for people just saying hey let me explain how it's easy like it's not that hard let me explain and then they go oh okay i didn't i didn't realize that or oh i thought i had to do all this work Mm -hmm. no 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 It's, it's pretty easy so educating the subs is a big part or making sure at least you're working with subs that want to learn about it or do already know, and they're excited about it because your subs can make it kind of hard on you if they're just bitching the whole time about using this on ICF because yeah. it is different. Like it or not, we're only, we're less than 10% of the market. So 90 out of a hundred houses, these guys do are stick frame. Yeah. And, and, and so I get it They're They're frustrated with this being different. Um, but you'll definitely, it doesn't take much digging anymore to find those subs that really like it.
1: Yeah, well, and, and as a GC, you know, I'm never going to take on a project that I don't understand the construction method or I don't understand what is going on with it. So I, I'll i do my research. And, you know, as a DIYer, you, you've got to do the same thing. You've got to understand the construction method that you're choosing to use so that you can educate, work with, you know, all of your subcontractors.
0: Yeah, it's it, it'll make, again, a little planning, a little... Uh, a little bit of uh, preparation is actually going to really, really help yeah. the whole process.
1: One of the things that I love, and it's it's one of my mentors early on in business said, most people don't plan to f- fail. They just fail to plan.
0: Right. Makes and total sense.
1: Yeah. So, okay. The next thing that we talk about, there are so many different options when we come to this, but the alignment system that mm-hmm. you need to use when, when you're stacking up ICF block and, and why it's important.
0: I think it is more important for a DIYer to make sure they use the best possible alignment system that they have access to. Um, I understand that there's just some parts of the country and there's places where you may not have a, you know, we we use plum wall, um, you know, giraffe is a good one, uh, hilltop is good, I mean, there's reachcraft, there's a lot of them, um, a lot of, you know, a lot of people use um, Zont uh, system with wood, a combination wood, Zont uh, zuckle, uh, system. So there, there's a lot of different options and it just depends on where you're located and what your distributor has, um, and, and where you can get, where you can get it. Um, I highly suggest if you're a DIY customer that you try to get an alignment system, an actual ICF alignment system. Um, I've seen some jobs where the guys are, you know, they just slap a bunch of wood on it and they whale it into the ground and they, you know, I mean, they're, It's sketchy uh, (laughs) or they don't use it at all. And they're just like, Oh, it's close enough. You know, good enough. You know? And, and uh, if you ever, I, you know, there's rarely a time, honestly, that I don't do a job that I'm like, wow, okay. That wall moved a little bit. I'm glad I had that alignment there. And we, you know, a couple twists and turns and, or, you know, with the plumb wall just to, you know, hit it with the impact wrench and, and, uh, and it pushes the wall back straight again, perfectly fully loaded with concrete. And that's a lot of weight and a lot of, a lot of, you know, work to get those things the way they are. Um we always say start straight, and straight. Yes. If you you know, it's it's something that is a uh you know, if you just get to where you you know, you make sure that it's straight now uh with your alignment system, it's gonna stay straight through the end of it. So um getting that correct alignment system is huge. We're gonna have some alignment um people on this show so we will definitely have some guests coming on talking about the alignment system to help you make that decision if if you're a person that maybe wants to purchase some or you're wondering what the differences are in them mm-hmm. but um for now just to say utilizing a good alignment system would be huge for diy guys
1: yeah and then the next thing is you know a lot of people get get busy and they're they're you know like i don't gotta get these forms up i gotta do this i'm gonna i'm gonna pour on this day and we really like want to Really, let you know. Take your time and and follow a pre-pour checklist.
0: Most every brand will have one for you yes. um, in their install manual. Usually, there is a, a pre-pour checklist, and it's 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 very very smart to pull that, print it off, have a couple of them there, so that you can go back over them because it it's something that if I don't care how long you've been doing it and how many boards you've done. It's beneficial to you to walk around and have that, that checklist. I mean, it's something that we do. It's something we have to do. You know, you have to do it uh, because you will miss stuff. I mean, I, I, you know, I'm not the, I'm a forgetful person. Um, I'm a man, which just means by nature I'm going to forget <laughs> stuff. Um, but, you know, even with you looking over my shoulder, we still miss some things from time to time. So that pre pour checklist is huge. And just taking your time. When I hear take your time, the one thing I've, I would say that I'm even doing more after, you know, years and years of doing this, um, I'm slowing down more and more. Like I used to really brag about like, oh, we can get this done in two days. We can get this set the concrete for Friday. We're going to start on Monday and I'll have this thing whipped out by Friday and we'll pour on Friday. You know, inspect on Thursday, pour on Friday. Um, really got into that. And I don't know if it's just me getting older and slower, um, but I've just felt way less stress on the jobs. If we just hold it back, let's take a, I mean, we're still, if we take two weeks to do this project, you know, and and stack this house and get it poured, we're still way ahead of what they would frame it in, sheath it in, Mm -hmm. insulate it. Like think of all the steps that are coming out when we do that. When we pour that, we're ready for sheetrock and windows, and we're real you know, so we're still weeks ahead of what you would be on a stick frame home if you take two weeks to do it. Yeah. Um, and, and who cares if it makes a better project? Which especially as a DIYer, um, you, the stress level is high enough. You do not need to add stress add stress to it. Um, by by pushing yourself to where you're out there by the headlights of your truck you know yeah. stacking block at midnight because you've got a poor day the next day you know or an inspection the next day take your time give yourself a lot of uh a uh, lot of slack in there as far as your your catch-up days because the other thing is weather yeah. Weather's something that's really hard to predict i mean in, weatherman's the best job in the world. You get to be wrong <laughs> 90% of the time and still keep your job. But, you know, I, we've had multiple times where they say, oh, the weather's going to be this way and it's not, you know, it could be windy. It could be raining. It could be, you know, lightning. You don't want guys up on scaffold when there's lightning, yeah. you know, so you may have to pull your guys down and sit back a day. And, and um, so just have that, that fudge factor in there to make sure that you can adjust because, you there's just nothing better than having the job completely dialed and string lines up and everything done and you're just sitting there waiting for mud.
1: Yeah. It's yeah.
0: the days that I've done probably more than I haven't, unfortunately, where you're you're still scrambling and putting tape on things and scabbing boards and doing alignment system and putting scaffold up and stuff in areas that when you... You know the concrete trucks are pulling up.
1: Well, yeah, when you're when you're scheduling, you know, planning your your stack and your pour, you have got to call the concrete company because we've you know we do some remote jobs where we've got to schedule concrete thirty days out, and you know whether. Um, you know, guys getting sick, different things that happen. You you have to be ready when you have it scheduled. Otherwise, you're not going to get concrete.
0: Right. For and you a may long get time. bumped. You know, in in today's world, it's you may get bumped back another two weeks and or, delay or more. Your, or more. So, yeah. make sure that you're you know giving yourself enough time that you don't screw up your your concrete your mud schedule either. So, yeah, all those things. Um, just, but God, I would say that's probably the li- the thing I've learned the most recently has just been to slow down. Quit stressing myself out. The jobs that we, you know, try to squeeze in between a couple of jobs, and I'm like, okay, yeah, we can probably get that done in a week. And then at the end of the week, I'm just like, why did we, we got do it that? done? Yeah, we got it done, we'll but get it, it wasn't done. great. Yeah, we'll get yeah. it done. But it's like it's you're stressful. opening yourself up to, to problems because I've seen jobs where guys are like, ah, well, you know, yeah, that wall's not great, but just leave it. We got mud coming. Well, you know, we'll fix it in framing, yeah. you know, we'll, well, we know, see that a lot like,
1: in, in consulting. We see it a lot. Right. And, and the thing that we, you know, we really, really, I think more important, you know, in our, in our consulting is you're there, you know, when they start stacking the block for the first couple of courses to go down to help them with that. And then you come back for, you know, the pre pour checklist mm-hmm. and that, that visit right there is probably the most important visit of the whole, you know, the whole thing. Right. And then staying there, um, you know, for the poor or whatever, um, you know, your third visit is, um, you know, it, it's so important to be there for that pre-poor checklist.
0: Yeah. If you, like I said, start straight end straight. And, yes. and at any time that you can stop that, we had a job recently where, you know, there were three courses up and it was, it was, it was a 50 by 50 building. <laughs> and one side was 50 foot six and one side was 48 eight and 48 six or whatever it was 49 six you know but it was just tweaked and then the two ends were 50 exactly it mm-hmm. was just it was in the wrong you know so we're trying to bump it back and change it you know and it just wasn't they didn't have it was wrong right it was just wrong and so literally made them take all three courses yeah. back down and start over and it was a you know for these guys it was over half a day's you know work of them yeah. trying to square and chalk lines you know new guys um But we, we redid it and you know, and it was because and the job turned out great, but it was like 50 is 50. Yes. Five, zero, five, zero, zero inches, zero inches. This is, this is what each line has to measure, chalk the line and then start and then check it again at three courses, two courses. And, uh, it just was, uh, it was one of those eye opener things like you're going to make us take all this down. Yes. Because it's not going to be right. You're going to make this thing 16 feet tall and it's going to be 16 feet tall. Wrong. And you, it's real hard to change it once the concrete's in. Yeah. So it's not going to, if it's, if it's off now, it's going to be off at the top. Yeah. And, and so when you start, that's a beautiful thing about ICF. If you start right, it's going to end right. If you start wrong, it's going to end wrong.
1: Yeah. It kind of goes into, you know, having the right tools. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's not a lot of tools that are required compared to, you know, stick framing or, or whatever. But, you know, you've got to have the right tools. And one of the things that um, I think we see a lot of as well is, they don't have the correct uh, tools to consolidate the concrete. They they don't think it's necessarily that important if they're, you know, they're just going along and, and checking the wall and making sure that, you know, they don't have any voids. They don't think they need to consolidate it.
0: It's literally the most important part. Yeah. Um, it's the part that keeps the structure of the house viable. Uh, it's the part that keeps it. Uh, insulated, it's the part that I mean, it's it's literally the most important thing. So, when I see guys and they're like, Yeah, you know, and again, we're going to get comments, I know, because there are a lot of guys that are like, Yeah, we don't do it. We don't, you know, it's not a big deal. You know, we flow our mud at the right consistency. So, it does, however, it be just being the biggest thing for DIY guys that I can, um, you know, and I, the one thing that I will, you know, teach people or show people is the mallet, you know, huh. rubber mallet. You ought to have a couple of rubber mallets around and you basically have somebody who's walking around the bottom of the you know behind the guy pouring basically about five feet behind the guy that's pouring and they're literally just going right up the webs knocking on the wall with the with the rubber mallet that's kind of your first line of defense right there very simple very rudimentary but it works. Yeah. Because you'll hear thump 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 thud thud thud. You'll hear where it's empty, right? So one, you're telling your guy, and especially on a tall wall, you're you're communicating to your guy pouring how far up he is because you don't want him pouring seven eight feet at a time. You know, you can say, "All right, you're three feet." We have hand signals that we use yeah. basically to show you know two and a half. You know, courses or we go by courses, so we'll say you know we we show them with fingers because it's loud, nobody can hear. <clears throat> we'll show the guy, you know, guy that's pouring. I'll look back down. And if you're pounding, you'll be, you'll throw me a, a two sideways. You know, that means two and a half. If you do a three. So we're communicating where that mud is. But also what happens is especially under windows and, yes. and anywhere there's somewhere a, door, a window door opening. And you've got concrete that needs to flow under it because of the difference in the rebar schedule usually around there. Triple fives and stirrups and things that are required in window lentils and down the sides of windows and under windows. Usually that's where mud gets hung up. Mm-hmm. So you got to make sure you're getting the vibration done there. So the guy tapping is going to find, he's going to hear thud thud. thud. He's go, whoa, 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 hold on. We're not getting any mud back here. Way easier to deal with it then than yes. to deal with it when you've put mud over the void and yep. now there's mud sitting on top of a void. You got to somehow get mud under it. Um, not a good situation. So you, you basically um, want to do that. And that's where that consolidation comes in. We, we use the um Oztek rebar shaker um, for a lot of our, you know, for, the majority of the wall, we, we use the rebar shaker. It works really well, gets it down in there. Um, and then we also run a short, um, uh, just regular pencil vibrator that we run, you know, cordless yeah. for wall. Uh, pencil vibrator that we do under window, you know, so we can get into those smaller spaces. And then once we get to the top, we, we sting it with that. Uh, but the deeper, taller walls, we use the rebar, sh- the OzTec rebar shaker, which has been a great tool for us. We, yeah. we love it.
1: And we'll have an episode on all, all about consolidation as well, because there are so many different, things that you
0: can use for that. Yeah. And and different levels, like I said, I got guys that, you know, they run their, you know, they take a the blade out of the recip saw and they they rattle it from the outside with a recip saw. Um Windlock um has some stuff on their website where they sell the the drum shaker basically, I call it I don't know what the technical term is, but it goes on the end of a drill and it's got a weight that oh, kind of okay. wobbles inside of it and it just, you press it against the wall and it wobbles it. Hmm. Um, there, there's just a lot of different, you know, there's guys that just do the tapping or rotting uh, as we used to call it, the old, old fashioned way where you just rot it with a piece of rebar, yeah. you know, stab it with rebar and they call it rotting. And So there um, a lot of different options to that, but, um, and we can get into that in a separate episode, but definitely a very important part is making sure that the mud is consistently getting, because I don't care how you do it, but the mud, needs to be consistently solid the whole way through with zero voids
1: yep and then i know we've gone a little bit long but this is kind of the final step in the you know diy pitfalls and it's you know just after the pour that's when you're checking to make sure you know with your alignment system that all your walls are still straight yeah and and you know the the after pour checklist
0: right and you do have you know i mean it's not a panicky time because the wall stays pretty fluid for a while. So, I mean, uh, I'm not telling you to go to dinner and relax, (laughs) but, um, you know, you, you're not in a frantic, you know, you get the concrete truck out of there, you get everybody kind of out of the way and things are starting to mellow out. You know, you, you, should have by the way if you do it the way we show you to do it you're going to have your string lines up around the whole house so you're already going to have uh, pulled super tight string line around the whole outside so you're going to be able to walk around pretty quickly and see if your walls moved at all during the pour because I mean you're putting a lot of weight you've got dependent upon how many guys you got walk around the scaffolding that can make it move um, you know we've got all kinds of different things that could make that wall alter from the way it was when you started. So you're just going to go around check everything. And then that's when having that right, the right alignment system is huge, you know, being able to crank on something and and move the wall in or out, uh, you know, to get it on the line is, is what you need. Um, and then obviously topping off and finishing if it's your top course and you're putting down the Uh sill plate on top, you know, either, wet and J bolts or if you're going to tighten them or what you're going to do. But, but giving your, your framers a good flat surface on top is important. Um, and, and um, you know, straight level flush, you know, getting everything the way it needs to be. And then once you get it there, get the hell out of there. Get off the yeah. scaffold, walk away, and let that thing start to cure. Because, yeah. you know, once it's good, leave it good. You don't want to mess with it after and that.
1: And don't be doing a whole bunch of excavation <sighs> or backfill or anything like yes. that. Tell your
0: excavator to wait a week. It's yeah. It's. It, I know there's just so many people that are in time crunches and they're like, "Well, my excavator says he won't. He won't get close to it or he won't compact." More That's times cool. than not, it does. And then you come back and you go, "Why is this wall off?" Well, it was perfect when we left, yeah. and now your excavator came in and drove a skid steer around the outside of it, and he pushed dirt up against it, and it moved the wall. Even just the vibration of a machine driving around it yeah. um, can can shake the wall out of out of level. Um, so just Give yourself a week. Yeah. You know, I mean, I know we push it to four days sometimes and and I've seen guys pull them next day. I mean, it's, there's going to be a lot of comments about that too and how people do it and everybody's got a different thing. I am going to just tell you what my experience has been and how I prefer, especially with DIY, is I like to overdo it to make sure that we, Mm -hmm. you know, we take a little extra time and make sure that it's as, give it as good a chance to be perfect as possible.
1: Yep.
0: So give it time. Don't rush your backfill, don't rush any of that stuff. And goes back and, uh, to the take your time. Take your time. Um, you know, get your, you know, you can start working on your waterproofing. A lot of times we'll go in and yeah. start doing, you know, because you're not putting a lot of pressure weight, no big equipment around it. But go ahead and get your waterproofing up while you're waiting for it to cure. Um, you know, if, if you have your alignment on the inside, if it's on the outside, that makes it tough. You can't really do it. But, um, yeah, get your get your waterproofing up. So a lot of times we'll roll roll in our waterproofing at that point and start spraying. Um, you know, we do uh, the whole, system waterproofing uh um, we'll,
1: we'll go over we'll, in another episode yeah we'll
0: have in an episode so um you know we used to do a lot of suprema so i mean but we do um you know we we can get in there with our sprayers and put our our hulk on uh, while we're waiting but um, yeah back to take your time so i think that's about it i know we we went over a little bit we tried to keep them to 30 minutes for everybody to make it not super time consuming. We're going to probably be around 45 on this one, but uh, I, it's important. I think this is one of the biggest um, questions so far, just eight episodes in. It's one of the yeah. biggest asked things that we're getting is people, you know, DIYers reaching out, asking a lot of questions. So kind of wanted to just go over something for everybody so they could kind of think about that. Cause I think it helps in the decision-making process. I mean, um, you may not even know if you want to go ICF and hopefully this episode hearing kind of what you're in, you know, if you are thinking about it, you know, that's a realistic these are realistic expectations that you need to have about being a DIY or doing ICF. And if this is if this is good for you, then, you know, listen to some of the other episodes, how to choose your block and, and different things. And, um, you know, reach out to us with questions. Obviously, we love the emails, love the questions. Try to get to them as fast as we can. Um, we're headed out today. We're actually leaving uh, to drive down to Boise. And then tomorrow morning, we'll be flying out to World Concrete. Yep. So um, we'll uh, be coming back with a whole bunch of good information we're going to be doing some interviews and stuff there we're actually taking the podcast equipment with us we'll be podcasting down there so if you are listening and uh well this will actually this this, this will, will uh, happen after now i think yeah. about it. this one is going to post right after we get back yep. so yep. sorry you didn't get to come and see us from this episode <laughs> if we did see you it was nice seeing you yes. uh yeah it was great to see you at world of concrete so but we'll be coming back with a lot of um cool stories and interviews that we're going to do down there so excited for that but Anything else you can think of as we wrap no, it up? Not there?
1: today. Well just hit us up on our socials. Like, you know, keep keep sending in your questions, uh, all of our socials at buildwithicf ICF and uh, email info at buildwithICF.com.
0: Yeah, and please share share the podcast, uh, any way you can. I mean, we don't you know, we don't do anything, you know, on this podcast. We don't you know, obviously don't charge for anything. We don't uh, you know, we're not doing sponsorships and stuff right now. It's uh you know, if you've we're open to it, but, uh, but really what it, everything for us mean, you know, would mean everything if you'd share the podcast and get this out to people. So, uh, you know, if everyone just shares a little bit more, it just gets us, uh, some more listeners and some more things that, uh, we can really keep working on for you guys. So excited for that, but yeah, reach out, share the podcast, follow us. And, uh, otherwise we'll, uh, see you on episode nine. Yeah.